0: This is episode 23 of One Page at a Time, Building Character with Picture Books with Mary Costello. In this episode, you will hear about how Mary got her start sharing her expertise about books and literacy with an online world, an endeavor that she and her husband have started this year to teach their children about character traits they would love their kids to build, how this goal came about, how they're making it happen in their family, how books play an integral role in all of it, and how we can try something similar in our own home. Also, a heads up that at the end of the interview, we'll be making an exciting announcement about a project we are unveiling early for those in Dubai and other places in the world that are currently finding themselves without school for a while, so we hope you'll stay until the end. This is Jill in Virginia and Amanda in Dubai. We're here to help you read more often. Read at home. Read at school. Read with your kids. Read with your spouse. Read aloud. Read faster. Just read. We dig through the data, gather the anecdotes, and chat with the experts who can tell you why and how you should make
1: books a bigger part of your life. We're on this journey along with you, bringing people and reading together one page at a time. Today's guest is one I've been looking forward to talking to ever since I first found her Instagram account. She's a mother of two and has degrees in child development and in elementary education and spent 10 years teaching second, third and fourth grade. When her oldest was born, she decided to focus her wealth of experience and knowledge on her children at home. And luckily for us, she is also using her education and talents to help the rest of us take charge and find the best books for our families, classrooms, and libraries. She has amazing book and audiobook recommendations, literacy tips, and book lists galore on her website and social media, Children's Lit Love. Welcome, Mary Costello.
2: Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad to
1: talk with you today. And I want to start this chat off a little unconventionally because we usually do this, we wait until the end. But I want to start it off right away with an endorsement. If you're not following Mary at Children's Lit Love, especially on Instagram, you will want to be doing that for sure. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And with that important piece of business on the back burner, because we will come back to it at the end, I would love to hear a little bit about why you started a book recommendation site and what your goals are with it.
2: Sure. So, you know, as a teacher, finding great books for my classroom was a huge part of what I did. In fact, I would I would buy so many books for my classroom that one time my husband was like, okay, when is your classroom library going to be done? And I was like, <laughs> well, they keep publishing new books. So probably never. And then, you know, once I left the classroom, I I was able to bring a lot of my books home with me because I had spent my own money on so many of them. So our house has always been full of children's books. And pretty quickly the mom friends that I met once we had children started to come to me. You know, they knew that I loved to talk books and they, they started to come to me for recommendations. And putting together lists for holidays and lists for friends, you know, if they they were moving and they wanted to know some books that they could read with their kids about moving was just something I really enjoyed doing for people when they asked for it. And I toyed around with the idea of somehow doing something like this for a while, but it wasn't until the spring before my older daughter, my older daughter's in first grade now, but the spring before she started kindergarten, I was getting a whole lot of questions from my friends who had children who were the same age about kindergarten preparation. How do I make sure that my child is ready for kindergarten? I was having the same conversation conversations with so many people over and over again that it just seemed to make sense to put my ideas out there somewhere for people to be able to reference people that I knew or people that I don't know now. So I started Children's Lit Love in, let's see, July of 2018, so about a year and a half ago, and it's it's been going ever since. I started off with mostly book recommendations and then quickly realized how many questions I was getting around literacy still, kindergarten prep or not, and so I kind of morphed my initial ideas to do both of them and to talk about books and literacy development. Here we are today, a year and a half later, still going.
1: And I'm so happy that you are. Well, Jill and I could talk book recommendations all day long, and sometimes we do, but I have been dying to talk to you about your 2020 12 character traits. Yes, yes. That <laughs> so,
2: has been exciting for us.
1: Ah, oh, it's so exciting for me too, and I'm just in the audience on looking. I don't know what exactly to call it. So I'm using the term program for lack of a better word, but what does the program look like as an outline maybe first, and then we can get into some more detail?
2: Sure. Um, so one of the things, i just kind of talk about how, how this came to be first. One of the things that I think we as adults forget about kids is that they need to be taught A lot of the skills and traits that we want them to have. We think that when we say things like wait and take turns or use your manners or you're on a team and make sure you're showing teamwork and cooperation, we tend to forget that that might not be a natural thing for them. And they need practice and they need modeling and they need opportunities to try things out to get better at it. And that was something that came pretty natural to me in the classroom as a teacher was carving out that time for the social emotional development. But what I found in our house was that my husband and I had these grand ideas for what we wanted to teach our girls. We actually even had a running list and reminders on our phones that we would share and we'd add to of all the lessons we were going to do during our family meetings. But the reality was we never did them. We had grand plans and didn't implement them very well. So last fall, I was thinking about all of these things I wanted to help, all these traits I wanted to help our girls develop and realized we just really needed to be more intentional about it. And when I started to think about taking the time to be more intentional about helping our girls develop these traits in our house, I realized that it made a whole lot of sense to kind of target my work with Children's Lit Love towards that as well, because a lot of the work we were going to be doing, a lot of the kind of conversations and lessons that we were going to be having would be driven by books. It also excited me to be able to streamline both sides of my brain a little bit to have what I was thinking about working on in our house be the same thing that I was thinking about working on with my Instagram account. So that's where the idea came from was just a need to find a way to, to actually do the things that we dreamed of doing with our girls. So we sat down one day, we had, we were on a date night driving to the next big city. So we were in the car for about an hour and we just made a list of all sorts of character traits that we hope our girls have when they're adults and then picked 12 that we wanted to work on 2020. For some months, we had really specific ideas of what we wanted to do based on the season or what we might have been already organically talking about in our house. Like, For example, we knew we wanted the trait in February to be related somehow to love or kindness. November is slated to be gratitude around Thanksgiving, which we would already naturally be talking about. But the other months, we just kind of filled in with what we felt was important. I did not publish the list ahead of time because we want the flexibility to change things around. If something comes up in our house that we really feel we need to work on with the girls, then we'll, we'll switch up some months and, and do something different.
1: I love that. I love the rough outline being there and then being able to still adapt it as, as necessary.
2: Yes. And it's worked out because like, for example, March, we switch. We were going to do something completely different in March, something around, I hadn't quite figured out a short title for it yet, but it was going to be something around kind of self-control and body awareness. But we realized we could could... could really use some work on teamwork and cooperation and listening to people. So here we are.
1: Here we are. Yay. First, I want to thank you for laying this out. The 12 character traits in 2020 seems to me to be an ideal way to parent that you're taking a world of possible things that you want to teach your children, you're narrowing it down to 12 intentional areas for one year, and it's finite, so it can change. And Mm -hmm. you're not, you know, setting this in stone. So it's just taking a one year of your children's lives of your family's life, and then you narrow that down even further to work with each child. And then you're putting your curriculum on a solid foundation of reading, which is research back proven method, you're building bonds as a family, best way to set up your children for success in life. I mean, it really just doesn't seem to get any better than this. And when I first found, <laughs> I, when I was first looking at this, I felt like I had struck gold. And I was trying to explain through all of my excitement, what this could mean. And I just felt like this was the missing piece that can make a huge difference in my family because I look at it the same way that it seems like you did, where you have goals for your family and you want to include reading and books into those goals somehow. And this just gives a really nice, neat outline and framework for it. And it's just wonderful.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. I think you uh, hit the nail on the head with the word intentional, for us in our house, it has helped our parenting to have that intentional focus rather than trying to do all of the things all of the time.
1: Yeah. And it's impossible to do that. At least for me, when I have too many things on my to-do list or too many things that I'm trying to focus on, they all just drop away because I get overwhelmed and I just shut down and and then nothing happens. Same here. All right. So I want to go back in and kind of get to the nitty gritty here. Okay. You started off, you and your husband thought through and you set some goals for what you want to teach your children in this upcoming year. Yes. And this was in December, correct?
2: Uh, yes beginning of December.
1: So you're in December and then January rolls around. What happens? I
2: guess we probably started talking about doing this in November and we each just kind of spent some time thinking about what the traits were we wanted to talk with our girls about. Um, and then I spent some time kind of mulling over what the logistics of that would look like. What would the course of a month be in our house? How would that connect to what I'm posting and putting out there for followers? Kind of those kinds of logistics. So then once we... Started Settled on our list, and we knew what we were going to do in January. We were talking about growth mindset in January, which we chose for January because of, you know, goal setting and resolutions and everything that comes with the new year. I knew roughly what I needed to do those last few weeks of December to get ready for January to hit. So I spent a lot of time researching books, researching picture books that we could read with the girls coming up with what I felt like was a really great book list so that we had a ton of books to choose from that would foster these conversations about fixed mindsets and growth mindsets, resilience, attitude, all those things. And then I also thought about like, how are we going to introduce this to them? How are we going to kick this off? How are we going to return to it over the course of the month? So I knew that when we had an evening together at the beginning of January, we were out of town on January 1st. So we didn't start January until a few days into it. But I knew we'd have a big fun family dinner, you know, feed the girls the food that they really, really like so that they're in a really good mood and excited to be there. And then we read a book together. So we've kicked off each month that way. We've had a fun family dinner and then we've read a book that really either explicitly teaches, talks about the traits that we're focusing on or has a good storyline that fosters a conversation about it. And then we've made an anchor chart. The teacher in me comes out with anchor charts. Just a big poster that we've posted up on our refrigerator where we can see it anytime that we're at home that talks about that trait. And each chart has looked a little bit different just depending what the trait is and how easy it is for children to kind of how concrete or abstract the trait is and how easy it is for children to think about it. But those, those charts have then stayed up on our refrigerator the whole month so that each week we try to have a family dinner Sunday night and talk, re- maybe read another book on those Sunday night dinners and talk about how the week's gone and what we've worked on for that trait. And then we can revisit our chart and add to it if there's anything to add to it.
1: That's wonderful. I just saw the post about your kickoff for March and you did some teamwork games and whatnot. And that was, that was really That was fun. so
2: fun. March is going to be a fun month for this because we have, you know, we had we tried to revisit each week what whatever in january and february i should say we tried to revisit growth mindset and we tried to revisit compassion and empathy each week but those were more just kind of we, we would read books and we would have conversations but our traits for march are teamwork and cooperation which just lends itself so naturally to really fun activities and games so we kicked March off this week. Once again, it wasn't March first like I had originally planned. I'm I'm learning flexibility here. But March 1st, the girls just weren't it wasn't gonna go, it was not gonna be a very positive family meeting if we had tried to do it then. In February, when I was planning for March, I spent some time just searching online for family minute to win it games and picked a few that were more cooperation focused rather than competition focused, and we had a blast. And after each game, my husband would stop and he'd be like, Okay, what did you what did you notice about work? with someone? What did you notice about cooperating? Do you have anything to add to our chart? And it was it was, it was was such a fun night. We finished and we put the girls to bed and Chris, my husband, said, wow, we should play games like that every night.
1: <laughs> and speaking of teamwork and cooperation, it sounds like you and your husband are both very much on the same page with this. I love that. How much is he involved with this?
2: He is really involved with almost all of it. I certainly drive the book side of it for a variety of reasons, one being significant more passionate about children's books than he is. I have years of experience in children's books and I have the time to spend searching on the internet and going to the library. But I will say I have, you know, I have two degrees in children and I have spent years of my life researching things and practicing things. But all of this stuff comes really naturally to him. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to read the books or read the articles to believe, the thi- to understand the things that I have come to believe about children and children and how they develop. So so he's a wonderful partner for it. He is he is intimately involved in all of our planning and in all of the activities and drives a lot of the ideas around it just because he, he is so naturally passionate about, about helping our girls be the best people that they can be. Well, I was
1: going to add this in a little bit later, but I think it kind of fits here. I'm looking at it and it seems like the teamwork that you have with your husband would be a huge contributor to the success of this initiative that you're taking with your family. And I'm wondering if you could see a way that this would be able to be done um, with adaptations, of course, but in a classroom, or perhaps if you don't have a partner in crime that's as involved.
2: Right. Um, I mean, I think it's. I think that it's absolutely adaptable for any situation. I think that one of the beautiful things about doing something like this is that you can take it and make it your own. Well, I would absolutely love for everyone to follow me personally and do the things that we're doing. It shouldn't be that way. Maybe, maybe if you're a teacher in a classroom, maybe your kids are really rocking teamwork and cooperation and you need to spend March focusing on something else. That's awesome. It's relatively easy to find book lists and activities out there as long as you know what you're searching for. You know, if you have an idea of what it is that you want to help foster with your kids. Um, If you're doing it, you know, if you're working on this in your home, your home team is not quite as unified around the goal, that obviously makes things a little more difficult because it would be significantly harder to help children understand why these traits and why these values are important if, if they're getting mixed messages from, from the adults in their lives. So yeah, I don't know if I have an answer. An I don't know point. if I have an answer for you about that one. Yeah,
1: no, that's an interesting point. I hadn't even thought about that. I was thinking more about the workload and the logistics, oh. you know, if you're always the one or if one person is always the one who's planning the activities and researching the books and everything, right. you know, it starts to become quite a heavy load. But right. if you can bear it between multiple people I see. or, you know, so I hadn't even thought about the fact that you need you need everyone, whether it's the teacher's aide or or the spouse You need everyone to be on board with the things that you're also trying to teach as well. I hadn't even thought about that.
2: Well, then going back to what you meant your for your question to be. Hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have a year of book lists and activities and conversations that people could use, and then the workload would be significantly easier for people who want to do something like this. I'm I'm doing my best to archive everything on Instagram and on my website. So going forward, if people wanted to do something, they wouldn't have to put in the work that necessarily I've put in because the book lists, if people like them, my book lists are there and ready. And the activities that we're doing are ready and pictures of our anchor charts are there. So they wouldn't have to put in quite as much brain power to get started.
1: I am all about not reinventing the wheel. So (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Yes. There are just so many questions running around in my head. Let's start with this one. So how is it going so far? Can we get a little bit of a progress report? Have you run into any snags or had to make any changes?
2: You know what? It is going, I think my husband and I would both say the same thing. It is going so much better than we ever could have imagined. We were excited about doing this kind of for the long-term goal of wanting to raise good people, but it's been so much fun. It's been really nice to have focused family conversations and focused family time roughly once a week. I'm sure there has been a week or two when we just haven't haven't gotten around to it, but most weeks, most Sunday nights, nights we try to check in and see how we're doing and it's been amazing to watch and to hear how much of the language how much of the self-talk how much of the vocabulary around growth mindset and compassion and empathy our girls now use regularly and use easily they've taken to correcting my fixed mindset language when they hear me say things like oh i can't do that or i'm not good at that or that's really hard they'll say mommy you just can't do it yet let's keep trying (laughs) things like that. And, you know, hearing a four year old throw out words like growth mindset and empathetic and to be using them the right way and in the right context and with meaning. That's amazing. That so is we've, amazing. We've we've actually seen that they're taking these things to heart. And that's been really exciting.
1: It's very exciting for, for us as well. When you have these conversations, I am guessing that you are not just, you know, handing your children a book and saying, read this and then calling it good. And then they're, you know, getting, all of these wonderful benefits from it. What does it look like when you're reading a book with them and kind of the conversation? Do you go into it thinking this is the conversation that's going to accompany this book? Or is it kind of a fluid, whatever they find is interesting in the book? Do you read the same book for a week? You know, I'm, I'm wondering about your use of the books. Right,
2: great questions. Um, so we have, in our house, we have a front, we have a very small front facing bookshelf. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy or anything glamorous. Ours actually lives pushed up against the kitchen island because that's the only place it fits. I'm storing all of our themed books there. So that throughout the month, the girls have access to, for example, right now, any of the teamwork and cooperation books that I chose. They're all there. They're all on the bookshelf. If they want me to read them to them at some point, I will. Our older daughter reads independently so she can pick them up and read on her own. Our younger daughter doesn't read yet, but... The other day when I was cooking dinner, sat on the couch and flipped through like seven. You know, she's not reading, but she's taking in the pictures and she's taking in the stories and taking away learning and learning things from those books. For the specific family dinners, especially the nights that we're kicking off a new trait, I will choose a book really intentionally from the list. I'll choose one that I think would very naturally lead to good conversations about that trait. In January and February, the books that I I chose for that kickoff night were a little bit more I'll say didactic in nature than story they were written as stories but they had really explicit teaching points scattered throughout them and they were their titles were very specific about growth mindset or about what is empathy so those had natural points in those stories to stop and have a conversation and those authors even sometimes gave us explicit questions to ask kids how did you feel when you did when someone did this something like that the other books tend to be more story-driven books. In our house, we read enough and our girls have enough experience that they're used to stopping in the middle of the book and either me asking them questions about the book or responding with how they feel about the book or asking their own questions. So you'll notice if you look on the book list, a lot, most of the books that I choose are kind of those general story-driven books, not books that, books that have a really good teaching point but that weren't. Directly written to teach. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it does. And I love the Pave on the list. Yes,
2: they're very good. I, I have to say, and obviously, I'm biased, but I really think my growth mindset book list might be my favorite book list that I've ever made. It was a really good one. It's really good. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> but there, you know, books are books are such a fantastic way for kids to be able to gain an understanding of the world around them, for sure. But to be able to practice who it is that they want to be in the world, and so you know, choose. Using books that have lessons and that have storylines and that have characters that we can return to again and again just gives kids the opportunity to deepen their understanding of what it means to have a growth mindset or what it means to show someone empathy or what it means when you're working with a partner and things aren't going well, what are, what are some strategies you have to get back on track and to show that teamwork and collaboration? Books are such a wonderful, safe way to practice for kids that I'll, I'll always use books and kids are never too old to learn lessons like those from picture books too so picture books can be used with kids of any age when you're trying to work on specific traits and specific qualities
1: I love that I have one more question about kind of the, the details here but with the idea of narrowing down the year into monthly general topic fantastic mm-hmm. and so you have a lot of books I think I remember seeing 12 for the month of March so mm-hmm. So you have a lot of different books. I'm wondering a couple of different things about this since it's hard to have children and even adults focus on so many moving targets. So what does it look like when you have so many books? How do you keep them straight in focus at your home? Do you read other unrelated books as well? Do you go to the library and bring in other books? How many books exactly are you? Are you juggling?
2: (laughs) Yes, great question. I mentioned before that we have a we have a pretty small front-facing bookshelf had it for almost five years now and that has always been where I've kept themed books or holiday books for the girls to read so this year when we've since we've started this that has been where the books from any month's book list have lived over the course of that month so there is a focused place for those books to live over the course of the month and the girls know where they are and they know where to put them back if they pick them up and read them on their own and then I know where they are if I think oh we could learn from Molly and May right now. I'm going to grab that book. And those are the only books that are on the front facing shelf right now. There's kind of a visual to those are the books that we're working on. The girls then have their own books in their own rooms. What I would recommend is that it can get to be a lot when you're trying to build a home library and you're trying to be able to surround your children with good books. You know, the research shows that one of the biggest predicting factors in children's reading levels and read interest in reading when they're older is the number of books that are in their house when they're little. Those those books don't have to be permanently in your house. We are huge fans of the library. Probably half of the books that are on these monthly lists that I'm putting out have come from the library because that is a lot of books to own and to keep track of and to keep up with and to find places for when it's not growth mindset month. We are huge fans of the library. We use the library a lot. I'm also a huge fan of rotating books so that it doesn't get to be too much for kids. So our girls have bookshelves in their rooms and every month or two, I try to switch out what's on their bookshelves. And then we store books that aren't currently on any of our bookshelves just away in the closet, because it's too much. It's too much. It's too much for an adult sometimes to look at a a stuffed shelf full of books and try to decide which one to read. So if you can, you know, have 20 really quality high interest books on a bookshelf that your kids are going to want to return to over and over again for a few weeks, then keep those high interest engaging books out, read them a lot and then switch it up when you're ready to switch it up.
1: I love doing that. I think that that's a fantastic strategy. And I think I remember reading somewhere that you have a book basket in your car as well. We do. And you also do that. We
2: <laughs> do. I think everyone should have a book basket in their car.
1: Oh, um, it's just a fantastic, yes. fantastic thing. Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I have kept my sanity because of the book basket that we have right? in our car.
2: Right? <laughs> then kids always have something to do they don't want to be in the car there are always books there and my biggest secret is when they check out books from the library that I don't care to read they go straight into the basket in the car and then I don't ever have to read them they live in the car until the next time we go back to the library
1: that's what I do too I keep the library books there also so that we don't lose them because we only get a couple from the school. So then when we're, you know, stopped somewhere and waiting, we have a few extra minutes, we'll read it together in the car where everyone is strapped in and, you know, (laughs) stuck. But then we don't lose it. And we always have it every week when they go to the library at their school. It's just right there. So
2: easy, so convenient.
1: So Mary, are there any books that you or someone in your family is reading right now that you are loving
2: yes so I have to admit, I'm still finishing up. I, I when, when I was like, oh, we'll have these monthly traits, I thought I should also read something that would help me either develop, better develop in myself, whatever trait we're talking about, or better understand how to help the girls, how to foster these traits in the girls. And so I picked up Mindset by Carol Dweck in January to read when we were doing Growth Mindset January. And I have to admit, I still haven't finished it yet, but it is so good and absolutely fascinating. Carol Dweck is kind of the guru of growth mindset. I'll say she was the one who first coined the term and has been researching it. And I had read articles from her over the years. And I had read snippets of her research over the years. But I figured her book would be really research heavy and hard to read. And it's not. It's a great read. So I'm loving mindset. I'm also in the middle of my book for February, which is why I haven't finished either of them. I'm not very good at reading multiple books at one time. In February, I was reading a book called The Power of showing up by the author. The authors had written a book called The Whole Brain Child that I read a few years ago and is also phenomenal. But The Power of Showing Up is a really great book for parents. The subtitle is How Parental Presence Shapes Who Our Kids Become and How Their Brains Get Wired. So that one's interesting. In our family, we're making our way through the Clementine series by Sarah Pennypacker. We're about halfway through the very last book, the seventh book in the series, and the girls absolutely love it. In the car, the girls are listening to Beverly Cleary's Henry Huggins books, kind of the brother series to the Ramona books. They're all narrated by Neil Patrick Harris, and they're wonderfully done. So that's what we're enjoying right now.
1: Wonderful. And we really could talk to you all day about book recommendations, but people can find all of your wonderful book lists and recommendations. So where can we find those things? And where can we find out more about you?
2: Yes, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is love all one word. And then I have a website too. It's www.childrenslitlove.com. The content on them is mostly the same. I, I try to put as much on Instagram as I can because I know that's such an easy place for moms in particular for parents to go and find information. There is a little bit more on my website just because I can put as much as I want to on my website and Instagram limits the space. And then everything is kind of archived and searchable on my website. So if someone wanted to search for a specific trait, that's easy to do through my website.
1: Yes, and you also have your book recommendations separated out into audiobooks and family chapter book read-alouds, which I really appreciate.
2: Oh, thank you. I just added those categories. So I need to I need to go back and backload at some point when whenever I have time. But yeah, I thought that might be helpful for people.
1: It's incredibly helpful and it is very rare. I don't know very many people that separated out that way, so it's very helpful and very good oh good thank you thank you for that feedback (laughs) of course (laughs) well thank you so much for talking with us today mary and for the wonderful book reviews the recommendations you're giving us via your site and social media children's lit love has become an invaluable resource in my home and i'm grateful for all of the time and energy you surely put into sharing your message and thank you for joining us today
2: thank you very much thanks for having me
0: I have known about Mary's Instagram account for a while now, and I've seen the wonderful work she does there, but until we were preparing for this interview, I hadn't realized just how strong of a background she has. She has amazing education and work experience, and that really came through in this interview. I can see why she's been so successful thus far. Up until now, I've mostly been interested in the book recommendation parts of what she does because they're just so good. (laughs) Amanda, you're the one who picked up on the character trait side of things, and you were really interested. In that. But when I first heard about it, I kind of thought, well, that sounds really cool and like something that would work great for someone much more organized and on top of things than I am. I'm just not that prepared of a parent. I see the good that comes from that level of parenting. both with my personality and my own limitations as a person, there's really only so much I can do in that regard. But talking to Mary, I began to see bits of how something similar could work in my life, how I could bring elements of what she's doing into what I'm already doing with my kids and make it work for me like Jill style so I got pretty excited about that
1: yeah, and I think that's exactly what I got excited about and what interested me about it because you're right it can seem intense when you look at anyone's lifestyle or you know anyone on Instagram or wherever that really have a specific talent you know perfected or that they're really doing well in a certain area. And then for you to try and step into that world gets really intimidating really fast. Mary is doing things like anchor charts that she knows and does really well. And we can definitely use hers as guidance, but I feel out of my element thinking about going that far down the rabbit hole right off the bat. So as I've been following her though, just like you, I've been able to see little things that I can do in my own life that kind of step me in direction of what will work for me and my family. So in February, I did a little mini version of what Mary's been doing. As I was gathering my seasonal books for winter and putting out our Valentine's Day books, that's something I do already. It's just a little thing to keep our collection at bay, only a few books out at a time. So I, I kind of sift through and I do little themes. So as I was putting the books out, I was thinking, wait, so instead of just grabbing my three books specific to, Valentine's Day, I'm going to channel my inner children's lit love and broaden that into love as a general topic. And then I asked my kids to go through their books and choose any that they thought about love. So we ended up with this really great collection of things like sharing a shell and bear feels scared and such in addition to Valentine's Cats. But then when I was reading them throughout the month, we had an angle to approach if I felt like the time was right for a conversation so we could talk about why they think sharing. A shell is about love and so on. So it worked really, really well. And it took pretty much zero thought on my part and was just something I slid into what we already do. But I can imagine what it would do if we actually did plan things out at least to tailor toward a specific subject and get some books in there that are really targeted toward these characteristics that might be a little bit trickier than, you know, love, maybe.
0: <laughs> it's true, but I do love what you did because it involved your kids in the planning. You had them help you search out the books that relate to this topic, and you can continue to do that, help them look for the topic or character trait you want to focus on. And I feel like it's a great way to customize all of it to the needs or interests of different families.
1: It's true. And, you you know, Mary had had a conversation with her husband, and they had really thought about it and planned things out for you know up to a year in advance, leaving for some you know flexibility. But there's there's an opportunity here to do this you know pretty much on the fly if you feel like it, and to kind of use these books and use the same approach with goal setting and everything that Mary is doing. Then I feel like it just ramps up as you plan out for. A- full month and you're continually checking back in with that process. What this does for me is that it helps with my kind of anxiousness and my need to be productive. One thing that feeds my anxiety and worry as a mom is this gnawing feeling that I'm never doing the right thing (laughs) at the right time (laughs) and then whatever I am doing is not enough. And what has helped me with this is to plan ahead for my priority items so I know that I have made time for them and then I know that they're are going to get done. So that at the time, you know, when I brain dump into my planner at night or use time blocking or have scheduled days, and I go to the grocery store. My mind is more at ease. I just know that in the future, this is going to get done. So I don't have to focus on it right now. And what Mary's doing with the 12 character traits to me is doing this for teaching her kids social and emotional skills. And like she said, she had an easier time naturally doing this in her classroom than she did at home. I think we can easily get lost in teaching our kids all the tangible things that they need to learn kind of as they come up like tying shoes or driving a car making pasta or whatever but it's hard to recognize or acknowledge and then plan for and then be consistent enough to execute that plan for these heftier topics like character traits so here i am seeing these needs in my home among my children and i panic to the point that i shut down i really do want to sit down think about the areas i want to work on each day each week each month with each of my children map it out and then get all the books. And, and really that's what I want to do. Let's be honest. I just want to buy all the books. (laughs) <laughs> this method may not be for everyone. But with what we've learned so far for this podcast, I can confidently say that Mary's on the right track and you will be too if you can find a way that you're able to use books for whatever it is that your family is focused on.
0: It's so true. And the the ideas behind what Mary's doing and the books and the resources she gathers make it so that there is something for everyone with what she has. And you and I, we've talked, we know we've been friends for long enough. You know that we're really different in a lot of ways. Love we have enough similarities that our podcast work, but <laughs> I need a certain amount of flexibility and spontaneity in my life. And already just the fact that we have three kids makes it so that I have to have a lot more structure and scheduling in my life that I was used to before I had kids, but they need it. Kids need that. And I, have accepted that and I've seen it in my own kids that it helps them and it makes them better and it makes them happier and it makes them healthier. So I've given in. I, I have structure, I have schedule, I have a calendar, I have a shared calendar, I have a written calendar. That's my life now. But I need to keep something spontaneous to keep me feeling like I haven't completely lost myself. And so that's what works for me. I plan little by little. And when things like this come up that get me excited and I think that this could work, I fit it into what we're already doing. Or I bring it up spur of the moment, and that works for me. And I know that'll keep evolving as our kids get older. I think I'm just going to keep finding ways to build in the concepts behind what Mary is doing and the ideas behind what she's doing, but do it in my own way. And no matter what I do, though, you have better believe that books are going to play a huge role in it.
1: And that's really what we all want, right? Build on whatever it is that works in your family, and just take it one, take it one page at a time, and just add, just add a little bit, a little bit. And a little bit. So I hope that everyone can find a way, no matter the age of your kids, to find some books that will relate to something that you are trying to teach your family. So Mary's website and Instagram account with what she's working on right now with the 12 characteristic traits fits very closely with what one page at a time is all about. We loved hearing Mary talk about how she's using books as a foundation in her home to teach her family and is spreading her love of books to her children and those around her. If you know of someone who builds curriculum around books because we know that there are lots out there. Give us a shout. We'd love to contact them for one of our upcoming projects, which we are very excited about. And this is the announcement we have to make. It's about that very project.
0: We have decided to launch four weeks of our summer project early because of the schooling situation that Amanda is currently facing in Dubai, which is there is no school. So it gives you a good sleep. Uh. (laughs) I know. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it gives you a good sneak peek into what's coming for the rest of summer for those of us whose kids are still in school. And for any of you out there who are in a similar situation as Amanda, it will hopefully give you a chance to take a look and let us know how it goes. In May, we are going to be focusing our episodes on preparing us all for a summer break full of reading with a little bit less screen time. Then to accompany this, we are collaborating with some of the absolutely wonderful people we have talked to here at at one page at a time to create 12 weeks of books and activities centered around different topics. We're going to give book recommendations and plan projects and all those types of things for all ages. We hope that the topics will be easy to apply to what you're already planning to do so it won't take extra planning on your part. Our first week we are thrilled to present to you is about your family's relationship with reading. We hope that these activities and books will spark some ideas for ways you can get started and quickly find a a comfortable groove with reading to set a great tone for the remainder of the summer. You can find the first week now at our website, that's o-n-e-pagepodcast.com and can look for three additional weeks of recommendations from our gad coming soon. Take a look there and we will talk to you again next week.